1: I am Raphael. And I'm Michael. The purpose for our show is to awaken souls, develop intuition, and fulfill purpose. Today our topic of exploration is, there are no accidents, life lessons for your soul growth. And it's very interesting because we do our radio show series in 13 episode series and this one Is a series on the soul's perspective on life. And this is the fifth one. So if you haven't caught the ones before this one, be sure you catch um, our earlier episodes on the archives, uh, easy to find on our page. Yeah, we're going to Voice America.
2: Right before birth till we go bye bye.
1: (laughs) That's right. So this one is There Are No Accidents, Life Lessons for Your Soul's Growth. I'm sure you've all heard somewhere that there really are no accidents and coincidences in life. Everything that happens in our lives happens for some purpose. You've probably heard that before. Maybe you believe it and maybe you don't. But as clairvoyants and psychics, this is one of the ways we have made our realization is taking a look. What appears to be just an accident or a coincidence or some purpose less event seen from a worldly view of living a purely physical life can turn out to be important lessons for the soul examined from a spiritual perspective each soul incarnates into this life on earth to learn and grow while some lessons can be fun others are challenging just like they are in school Of course, some of us may have found learning math in school to be the most fun, whereas others, well, they might have experienced it as a form of torture. (laughs) (laughs) I liked math. But if you choose to set aside your judgments about your life experiences, you will learn and grow with all of them. Every life experience offers the soul an important lesson. And as the soul advances on its path, its lessons get more challenging, just like they do in every decent school. Yet, if we learn our lessons well, the more challenging lessons that come up in our life later become as easily manageable as the earlier ones. One of the secrets to learning our life lessons well, and more easily, is to quickly set aside any judgments that may arise in our minds when we have difficult or painful experiences, and that includes going through the emotional aspects. We may tend to judge our more painful experiences as bad or negative, and our more enjoyable experiences as good or positive, yet in school, a more challenging lesson in physics is neither good or bad, is it? It's just a lesson that we must learn if we are to graduate or to become successful in applying it in life. If we choose to be willing to learn something new and choose to enjoy our learning process, we will certainly go through life's challenges more happily. Yes, we can be the child that kicks and screams all the way to class, or we can be the one that gratefully and enthusiastically looks forward to the opportunity to learn in this school. This school we call life. Michael often laughingly talks about how the first three astrologers, whoever read his birth chart, reacted to it. They all felt somewhat sorry for the hardships that Michael had to endure and, ah. most, <laughs> and most likely would continue to experience in his life according to his astrological aspects. Michael felt that he enjoyed the many blessings of life as He led a somewhat charmed life, at least in his viewpoint, and he didn't understand why astrologers insisted that he had a difficult life. Finally, after we got together and he showed me his chart, I was able to explain to him why the astrologers told him he had a very, quote-unquote, hard life. Well, by the time he asked me, I had gone through with him his five near-death experiences and his return from each one of them, and the subsequent difficult healing process each one of them uh, had with him. I told him right off that most people would consider even having one of those experiences challenging, and many people would consider having any of them unfortunate and not a blessing at all. Yet, I knew Michael didn't experience his life as particularly difficult or unfortunate because he always met life's challenges as opportunities to learn and grow spiritually. To him, nothing in life was a waste, except perhaps having to take time away from all his creative projects to take care of mundane details of necessities in daily life, like, oh no, my right blinker is out. (sighs)
2: <laughs> or oh, <laughs> I dropped my toothbrush into the toilet,
1: <laughs> <laughs> or when some tech device failed to do what it was designed to do.
2: <laughs> well, yes i I had to come to terms with so many so-called smartphones, smart tablets, iPads, laptop computers, and all of that stuff that really aren't that smart. <laughs> They stop working correctly or slow down after a while, and I have to call for technical support, assistance, whatever, go online to find out what's going on and learn to fix it. I don't like calling a business to correct an error and having to go through six levels of the phone tree just to get to customer service and then get disconnected and have to start all over again. (laughs) That never happens to any of you, right? (laughs) Okay. Yes. Even that is a lesson given to me repeatedly to learn something, right? I mean, it's happened more than once, (laughs) more than twice, more than three times. So what is it that I need to learn? And why is it taking so many repetitions and so long for me to learn it? (laughs) Okay, well, of course, one seemingly innocuous lesson in life may have multiple lessons hidden in it. That's so true. One day, I was frustrated with not being able to get anything done because I had to do a major update on my computer operating system. But to be able to do that update, I had to get other things done first. But I couldn't get those things done until I purchased another piece of equipment, (laughs) which I had to wait for to arrive and on and on it went. (laughs) It felt like I spent years on it. Actually, I spent a good part of the day on all of this. And, of course, I had to wait a couple of days for the piece to to arrive. And then I had to read the instructions on how to use that piece, (laughs) how to put it together, all of that stuff. So it keeps on seemingly being delayed. Here, I have important things to do, right? Uh Well, I realized in the midst of my frustration that with people – I didn't seem to experience the same thing. Normally, just with some expensive, supposed to be effective piece of technology. I knew people made mistakes, quote unquote, and they're not, quote unquote, perfect, right? I mean, we all are learning. So I I don't have problems forgiving a person and being patient, working with them when something's not quite going the way I would hope to go, right? But with tech devices or even home appliances, especially the expensive ones that are touted as effective and efficient, I expected them to work flawlessly. Ah, well, <laughs> Expectation. Yeah. That's part of the secret, right? Like judgment. I expect it. it's supposed to, right? Uh, you know, and after all, It says so on the advertisement, Mm -hmm. (laughs) false advertising, false labeling. (laughs) I think the source of that is
1: these things are all made by humans, so it goes back to being human again. I had to laugh at myself because in relationship to people,
2: I wasn't usually a control freak. Yet, in relationship to devices and equipment, I seem to be one. You know, you never know that until you're frustrated with something. Because you're wanting to make it the way you think it ought to be, the way you expect it to be. Well that's what I was encountering. I had to learn to have patience with equipment as well. And I knew exactly where patience came from. Patience isn't something any of us could do, right? Let's let's go do patience. <laughs> <laughs> we can't. No, it came only as the result of trust. When we're trusting were naturally patient. I knew that anytime I was fully trusting, I was one of the most patient people on the planet. But when I wasn't trusting, I was very impatient. Uh huh. I also knew that my trust had to be in spirit. It's not like trusting in this particular person or that particular thing. With people, I normally was able to have my trust in spirit. It's not I'm not hung up on this person is who I place my trust in and you know he screwed it all up. No. It's I have my trust in spirit. So even if this person falls through hey, if I if I move along and not get stuck on that, things will work out. Huh. It's not dependent upon that one person in the world. Isn't that funny how you know, many of us may get stuck that just because we're working with this one person, everything, this most important thing in our life is dependent upon that one person. And if that person doesn't come through the way we expect, it, expect that person to come through, we get all bent out of shape. But when you're trusting in spirit, if this person doesn't come through for you, someone else or something else will. Yet, when it came to machines and technology, (laughs) I didn't have my trust in spirit. I had been expecting machines to be trustworthy. That's upon examination. I I said, hey, how come come I'm getting so frustrated? How come nothing seems to be working? You know, this is what we might consider to be accidental. We didn't plan on this happening. It just happened. You know, it was a coincidence. (laughs) It was a bad, unfortunate event. No. Take away those judgments and I look at, okay, invariably, when I trusted the machines, they all let me down sooner or later. I was needing to learn to continue to trust in spirit, even if I was dealing with man-made machinery. Right? Yeah, I didn't have trouble with Human beings, you know, things, even if they try the hardest, sometimes it doesn't go the way you like it to go. I didn't have a problem with that. But human means made these machines. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, but in my mind, I had unconsciously separated machines and humans into different categories when it came to my trust in spirit. I realized too that How I came to enjoy flying in airplanes was that I was always amazed that such a clunky, massive piece of metal and plastic could consistently carry hundreds of people across thousands of miles in the air. And that although it was the work of humans that designed and built the plane, it was actually spirit that made it all possible. That's why I've enjoyed flying. I've experienced the same truth when I was being driven in little tuk-tuks and taxis in India. (laughs) I wasn't trusting the drivers of the vehicles (laughs) because, oh, some of them were just like, oh, my God. (laughs) But I knew that spirit would see me to my destination in safety in spite of some of the drivers and in spite of some of the conditions of their vehicles. <laughs> I was familiar with faith healing, but that was when I learned, when I was in uh, India and being taken around with these different vehicles and drivers, I learned faith, he- faith driving. <laughs> <laughs> so, as Raphael mentioned, pretty much all my life, I looked to my experiences as learning opportunities And so, whether they were enjoyable or painful, I was willing to move forward with them. Of course, there are aspects of my life I love without hesitation, and those aspects that I'd rather not have to deal with, but I've learned to put one foot in front of the other, and soon enough, miracles blossom, and all is well that ends well.
1: Well, speaking of all is well that ends well, it's time for our first break, and time for our little announcements about what we're doing. We'll be in beautiful Calabasas in the greater Los Angeles area this Saturday, November 30th and Sunday, December 1st is the weekend after this Thanksgiving here. Michael will teach you to power up your psychic life. Saturday's topic is your mediumship and your spiritual path, psychic tools for discerning your own truth. And Sundays will be Meet Your Dream Team, Angels, Spirit Guides, and Masters of Wisdom. Be sure to join us at the Hilton Garden Inn and Calabasas, California, which is in the greater Los Angeles area. And please tell your friends about this. It's at an unusual time, but I think it's a great time to take a break from your families and come find your space and play with us on this psychic level. These seminars will certainly help you to wake up more to who you really are and progress on your spiritual path. Find out all the details and sign up on our website, events calendar section at michaeltamura.com, or you can call our office during regular business hours, Monday to Friday Pacific time at 530-926-2650 and leave a message if our assistant doesn't pick up and she'll get right back to you. When we return in a couple of minutes, we'll continue with There Are No Accidents, Life Lessons for Your Soul Growth.
3: It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Join host Marla Goldberg each week for Guided Spirit
2: Conversations. This show puts you, the listener, in touch with some exciting guests. Hear how they've helped others and find out how you can help too through Marla's charity shout-outs. Are you ready to shift your current life experience? We've got tips, tools, and techniques designed to help you get started. Guided Spirit Conversations can be heard Thursdays at noon Eastern time, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment. Are you where you want to be right now? We live our lives sometimes looking at others and thinking the grass is always greener on
3: their side, not realizing that we have the power within us to pursue our dreams.
2: It begins with a head start in the right direction. And that head start is with host Carla D. Walker and From the Inside Out. Believe in your abilities and take action. Listen live every Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern Time and 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel.
3: Broaden your mind. Open your heart for a greater understanding of how to express your pure and authentic nature. Tune in and turn on 1111 Talk Radio. Simron author publisher and life mentor broadens minds and opens hearts to a greater understanding of life consciousness and humanity 1111 talk radio is every wednesday at 11 a.m eastern 8 a.m pacific time on the voice america empowerment channel 1111 talk radio you are not on a journey you are the journey you are experience experiencing itself Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment.
0: You are listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Radio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle.
1: Welcome back, everyone. We're so glad you joined us today. Let's get back to There Are No Accidents, Life Lessons for Your Soul's Growth. And Michael's going to uh, continue his thought from before unless
2: I accidentally hit myself and go, ow, I had an accident. <laughs> well, it's been fairly obvious to me from a very early age that there are really no accidents in life. All the various seemingly unintentional happenings in my life turned out to play important parts in my learning, healing, and or growth. But one thing I learned about all then is that I had to first get out of my judgment, any kind of judgment about what was happening in my life or who was doing what to be able to learn from the experience. You know, judgment shuts the door on learning from life experience. Until we open that door by dropping our judgment, we can't learn. That's one of the things I learned very early in life. It's because when we are in judgment about something, We aren't looking at the real experience and can't see the truth in it. We're looking at the judgment. For example, if we're in judgment about being ill, we can't get to the truth of the illness for us to heal ourselves. And healing ourselves isn't just about curing ourselves of the disease or some condition. Some people have healed themselves profoundly without ever curing the disease they were diagnosed with. Physical conditions of life are just the props and not the main events. It's how we see them and what we do with them that makes the difference and propels us in our growth. Well, Raphael, what's an example from your life of an unintended or seemingly accidental occurrence in your life that ended up in you learning to learning a important lesson or two and from which you grew with more wisdom.
1: Well, I have actually quite a few. And my attitude now, of course, from all these lessons that I've had in my almost 67 years of life is that each experience, each thing that comes my way, each accident, each bump of the head and, and stub of the toe is showing me something. And... With that attitude, it's made living life in this world, which can be very difficult, um, much more interesting as well as meaningful. I I actually understand that it means something. If I stub my toe, it means I'm not in my body and not grounded, and I'm not paying attention to where my feet are. So one of my favorite stories, uh, I, might, I may have even told this one before, but um, I lost an earring. Michael gave me this beautiful pair of earrings many, many years ago, and I lost one of them. And I was very upset with myself about it because it was one of uh, his many symbols of love for me. And I loved wearing those earrings for many years. And so at uh, around the time, maybe a few months after uh, I lost the earring, I, we got this puppy and it was an Akita dog. We named Iko. and she was getting me up several times in the night to go out to the bathroom, and sometimes to just, uh, you know, be outside and not be indoors because that's what dogs like. And one day she woke me up at about two in the morning, and it was pouring rain outside. And I went, oh, oh boy and i grabbed her and uh, she was at that age where i had to carry her down the stairs and she was like a sack of potatoes she weighed so much they they don't like big dogs to walk up and down the stairs until they're a certain age and then i looked outside and it literally was pouring so i put on a raincoat and i put on a, i got the umbrella and i took her out there so she could go to the bathroom but but instead she wanted to play with the Frisbee. And I'm like, what? You got me up to play with Frisbee at 2 the morning in the rain? Mm-hmm. So I went, okay. Instead of uh, resisting it, I went, okay, why not? I'm here. She's in such a fun space. I started throwing the Frisbee, and I threw it to the back. Our yard was small, but we had a small pool in the yard, and it accidentally went across over the pool and hit the back of the fence and landed at the other side of the pool. And I thought, doggone it. But Aiko went re- running around to it, and she picks up the frisbee. But then when she threw it down. And I thought, that's strange. And she's looking. She's looking down at the rocks. There, there were rocks around the edge of the pool over there. And she was looking, and she looked at me, and she looked at the rocks. And I went, okay, she's looking at something. So, and she's beckoning me over. So, I go over there, and I push over the rock she's looking at, and there's the missing earring. Huh. So sometimes it's just a matter of uh, learning that sometimes when something is missing, it's not really missing, but it's disappeared for your benefit, for some benefit. I've had other things disappear as well. Mm-hmm. Like one time I went into the cabinet to use the dryer sheets for my uh, for my dry load, and my two boxes in there were gone. Well, one of the best ones I remember of...
2: Uh, uh Disappearing ex is your uh, wedding ring, or no, my wedding ring. Yeah. Yes, my wedding ring. (laughs) When was it? The first time it disappeared was on our honeymoon. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And where did it disappear? Well, we were in uh, uh, Bora Bora and Morea and Tahiti for our honeymoon, and I distinctly had it in Bora Bora, but by the time we got to Te- uh, to Morea, our next stop, we looked all over in the little hovercraft that we went from one island to the other. We looked, traced everything. We kind of tore apart our, our suitcases. Three or four times. Three or four times. Nowhere to be seen. And and we couldn't have lost it anywhere else. And so we just had to let it go. And that's, that's that. Well, one year later... Um, What was it? It, um, Oh, no, not one year later. When I went diving, I went uh, skin diving off uh, our little hut that we were in Morea. And I went out to the lagoon. when I came back, um, oh, lo and behold, it was in the box that Raphael had to keep my uh, ring in uh, whenever, you know, we... um, I went diving. And, of course, we had checked that a number of times. Times before.
1: Yeah. And
2: then a year later, uh, lost it again. And in that
1: same small pool that I was talking about, yeah, the story.
2: Exactly. Yeah. That's what reminded me. And then uh, my boys were there. And so we said, okay, uh, time out. We'll, we'll all look in the pool. Nowhere in the pool. And it didn't have a drainage thing that it could have gotten caught in. So we just started looking at everything and not finding it anywhere. So I said, okay, I'm gonna go meditate on this. And the rest, uh, Raffia and the boys were were looking still around. And looking in the grass around the pool. I came out and one of the boys said, oh, there it is. And we all saw it. It's shining gold in the grass uh, next to the pool. And we all went running toward it. He tried to pick it up and it disappeared right in front of our eyes. And then uh, the other boy uh, was on the other side and says, "Here it is!" And we all ran over, saw it shining gold in the in the grass, and he tried to pick it up, and it disappeared. And we're now by that point we're really laughing. It was like a, you know, treasure hunt, literally. The spirit about, was playing with uh, us. Yes, it was. It was so amazing. And finally, I said, "Okay, I'm going to go in the house." for something, and as I was walking toward the door, back door, there's a hammock, and balanced perfectly on a uh, the two inch steel pipe that one of the parts of the hammock was the, the ring, ring, the round ring was standing up on its end <laughs> on top of a round uh, pipe, perfectly balanced. And I picked it up and there it was. And one more year later, I lost it when I forgot to take my ring off at the beach. And I was with my boys, and and they buried me in the sand and everything. And at the end of the day, oh my God.
1: That was Huntington Beach. Lots of sand.
2: Lots of miles of beach. And we said, I I said, forget it. We're not even going to go look for it. And I had to, my heart sank. I have to tell Raphael once again that my wedding ring is gone. (laughs) (laughs) And then it showed up. When uh, Raphael was looking in the, um, uh, the boys' closet closet for camping equipment to rent, to let her brother borrow it for his camping trip and and she couldn 't find something, so I went in and I yanked out this old uh, uh, Coleman stove camping stove way at the back of the in the bottom of the um, closet and when I did, and we haven 't touched that closet in that part. For at least a year. Yeah. And when I pulled it out, this gold thing flew across the room and it went clink, 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 and we go, Oh my God. There it is. There's the ring. Neither of us were anywhere near that closet.
1: <laughs> so in the area of missing objects, sometimes they just have to go up on the astral plane for a while and come back. I've had that so many times. I was uh, talking about, uh, before Michael told this wonderful story about his ring, about the, the two boxes, dryer sheet boxes that were missing. And uh, finally, they reappeared one day when I asked Spirit to give it back. And so sometimes missing objects are actually missing. You drop it in the lake or it falls out of your pocket into the street or whatnot. And sometimes, you know, everything that happens in your life is symbolic, even yeah. the even the negative things. So um, sometimes it's just an indication that it's time to let something go or to pay mm-hmm. attention to something. Yes. Yeah, just like Raphael said,
2: you know, if you stub your toe on a coffee table when you're going around too fast and you're not looking where you Oh, you need to get grounded. You need to be in your in your body more. That could be the lesson. It's, it could be that simple. Or if you keep on losing things, well, you know, what's what's that about? Or certain things, like in, in the case of my wedding band. Oh, there are so many things I learned from that, uh, just one of which is the miracle space. It's, we can't get stuck on, wow, I lost it at Huntington Beach in miles and miles of sand. It'll never show up again. No, I let it go if in case it never showed up, but I always knew there's a definite possibility of it showing up because it showed up twice before as well. So each time it
1: got more impossible
2: and yet it showed up.
1: Yes, absolutely. And it's just on a little aside, um, we've all had things stolen from us. Well, most of us have anyway. And you know the old term um, that was used about objects that people have stolen? They say they're hot. And yeah. I, finally, I finally realized that means uh, usually if someone gets something stolen from them, their normal emotional reaction is to become angry about it. And that anger is actually wrapped up in that person's belonging. Mm -hmm, So so that's why a lot of times if you buy an object that's hot, you're kind of carrying with it the anger as well as the karma of the person that stole it. It's a big energetic lesson when you start to wake up and and see what you're doing in that aspect. And, you know, how how do you
2: look at an unfortunate event? You know, events that we go, oh, I... Rather, it didn't happen, or it could even be, "Oh my God, you know, it's this is terrible. It's you know, worst thing that has ever happened." What is it when when things like that happen? That um, how do you how do you look at it from the soul's perspective so that you can make it a golden golden learning opportunity instead of some terrible drama, some you know, awful thing that happened to me and and carry it the rest of your life with this pain and regret and disappointment, frustration, whatever it is.
1: Well, one of the um, things I learned a long time ago is uh, one of my favorite lessons actually from A Course in Miracle is that everything is either an act of love or a call for love. When someone is not acting very nicely towards you, that usually means they're asking for love. And of course, when they're not treating you very well, that's the very last thing you want to give them, right?
2: Yes. No way am I going to give that to them. (laughs)
1: Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So um, anyway, we have uh, a lot of examples. I know I had a car accident a number of years ago, which um, uh, for some reason it was in my chart uh, because I got, away with missing, being hit twice, and then I got rear-ended. So I'm a very skillful driver and I did a really good job getting myself out of a really bad situation. Yet there there it happened. I I was already injured from a work accident. I, I get rear-ended, etc. And but at the time I really started to learn, you know what? I have to look at why I had had this accident. Part of it was to slow down and take a look at what I was doing with my life and what was serving me and what was not. And that was very, very helpful in my healing uh, at the time. So while we're coming up to our second break, I'd like to remind you that this Saturday, November 30th, and Sunday, December 1st, we'll be in Calabasas, California, in the greater L.A. area, And Michael will be teaching your mediumship and your spiritual path, psychic tools for discerning your own truth. And on Saturday, that's on Saturday, and on uh, Sunday will be Meet Your Dream Team, Angels, Spirit Guides, and Masters of Wisdom. Be sure to join us at the Hilton Garden Inn in Calabasas. And please tell your friends that might be interested in something like this as well. Especially if they're in the Los Angeles area. Find out all the details and sign up on our website, events calendar section, MichaelTomora.com, or call our office at 530-926-2650 during normal business hours specific time Monday to Friday. When we return, we'll have more to share on There are No Accidents, Life Lessons for Your Soul's Growth. See you in a couple minutes.
3: It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com
2: If you've been affected by a loved one's death by suicide, there may be so many questions you want answers to, need answers to. It's an epidemic that leaves behind broken hearts, untold stories, and incomplete feelings. Join host and attorney Marshall Adler for the program What My Son's Death by Suicide Taught Me About Life. You'll hear from guest experts as well as those who have lost loved ones who can provide some insight and answers. Listen every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel.
3: Take a closer look at yourself in the present. Your body has its own GPS system designed to help you follow your intuition, align your thoughts, and set your own course host daily is here to be your external guide to this discovery take a break a mindful space to pause and help bring forth the balance that your life deserves listen live for mindful space to pause every friday at 2 p.m pacific time and 5 p.m eastern time on the voice america empowerment channel
0: when you learn to see things from a spiritual perspective It changes the way you see virtually everything in your life. Listen for Dr. Paula Joyce and her program, Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. Our program will help you get rid of the negative aspects of your life and invite love joy and prosperity into your life turn that negative feeling into a positive one tune in to uplift your life nourishment of the spirit every thursday at 11 a.m eastern time 8 a.m pacific time on the voice america empowerment channel
3: success starts here voice it's your world
0: Listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1 346 9141. Again, that's 1 888 346 9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle.
1: Great to have you back. We're exploring today about there are no accidents. Life Lessons for Your Soul's Growth. Well, I'd like to share with you a post from Facebook that a friend of mine, Debbie Tatel, who is in Chicago, and she's a real estate agent, shared. And I'd like to share my reply to her as well, because this is a typical thing uh, that comes up in a person's life Um, in this Uh, particular incidents. uh, It's in the life of many real estate agents. I know you've all experienced some aspect of this. And really, it's a lesson for homeowners. It's a lesson for real estate agents. It's a lesson for uh, creative people, buyers, etc. And this is what this is a story she shared today, or I should say, back on November sixth. As a real estate agent, I've gone into many a foreclosure property that was totally trashed, but not all. Anyway, some of the homeowners literally rip up appliances, the wall, plumbing pipes, sinks, etc. I've walked in and found the hardwood floors pulled up, cabinets broken to pieces like an axe was taken to them. That's how they leave it, because they are very angry. She used a different word. <laughs> They do it quickly and efficiently with no recourse. Does that sound anything like the tornado of destruction that's going on in the U.S. from the top down? Now, this is her political comment about it. When the inevitable is on its way, destroy as much as possible before going down. So she used it as her um, symbol of what's going on in the political world. But she also comments, both are vindictive and childish. According to the Cleveland Clinic, when a child has a tantrum, it is suggested that you praise them for calming down, use a timeout, acknowledge the child's feeling, help them learn to identify their inner feeling, teach them how to handle anger and frustration, and set a good example. But what happens when none of that works and the child is quite old? Well, my comment goes back to the whole incident she talks about, the house being trashed. It's like an old psychic saying that our own teacher would say and taught all of us. If you cannot have it, you start to or do attempt to destroy it from within. This is proof of that in action. This applies to what goes on in groups as well. If someone is disgruntled and decides the group isn't for them for whatever reason, usually a stuckness within that they are afraid to address, then in projection-style vengeance, blaming others, they try to destroy the group from within the group rather than addressing what they are disgruntled about within themselves. They try to bring everyone down with them and are trying to make others responsible for their own shortcomings. This is complete non-havingness in action. When you come across this, be sure to not match or even judge the non-havingness. Rather, see it as an opportunity to rebuild in some way that which will benefit everyone dealing with the aftermath, including you. Positive, creative energy and forgiveness versus destruction by one or two off the path individuals is much better. And so that's a better response than um, just being in judgment. Let's say walking into a house that's been trashed by a former homeowner that was upset about not being able to pay their mortgage or their job situation or whatever. It's all symbolic. And it's all energy. Yes. And the energy of
2: uh, destruction remains if somebody doesn't clean it up and, and neutralize it. And so, so it reminds me of, uh, what was that? Yeah, those of you who are f- fans of rock and roll, classic rock and roll, Pat Benatar. Yes. And I liked her songs. Um, shot Through the Heart, right? There was one called Shot Through the Heart and another one, uh, uh, what was it? Hit Me Again.
1: <laughs> hit Me With Your <laughs> yeah, Best Shot. Yeah,
2: Hit Me With Your Best Shot. You know, it's, it's why is it that that we consider certain events in our lives and, and experiences unfortunate or accidental or I didn't intend to do that, but it happened to me and things of that nature is, oh, it, we experience some sort of pain. We experience some level of unhappiness about the whole thing. And sometimes it's like you know being shot through the heart. Like if your best friend betrays you, or at least that's your experience that, that this person, you know, stabbed you in the back or shot you through the heart or whatever. Oh, for most of us, that's really tough, especially at the beginning. It hurts. What is it hurting? And before we get completely absorbed in our reaction to the pain and to, to the hurt and to what seems to us like betrayal and, and you know, a terrible thing that this person did... Ah, or even if they did it to someone else, your best friend, or something of that nature, sometimes you you just jump on the bandwagon and retaliate. But what happens if you stop for a moment, pause, and and go within and seek out to spirit, to the limitless, to that which is within that you can't. Grab onto with your hands or see with your physical eyes or hear with your physical ears, but you know, there's, there's got to be something greater, something more knowing, something more compassionate, loving than where you experience yourself to be at that moment. And so you go, okay. You know, a lot of times people had those, uh, tools of, Okay, before you slug the other person in anger, count to 10. <laughs> Sometimes you have to count to 100 before you even calm down enough to go, okay, I'll consider not retaliating. But if you, if you ground yourself oh, from that first chakra to the center of the earth, you let go of this immediate, intense reaction. And, and the reaction includes not just the emotional Experience and the emotional pain, or anger, or hurt, or fear, guilt, whatever it is, but that the mental part that goes, "Okay, you did it to me, and I'm gonna, I'm not gonna rest until I get it back, or you pay for it, or whatever," and when that happens, you just back off from it for a moment, because you know if it's really true, it'll still be there. It'll be there forever, but. If it's not true, it starts to change. It's not as intense, for one thing. And if if you stop putting more energy into that reaction, oh, you might be able to have a bigger view of what's going on. And when you start to recognize or even question, is this an accidental thing or, you know, unfortunate, a terrible thing? No. Okay, yes, it is. It, it, for me, it feels awful. And, and what am I going to do with the rest of my life with this um, in my lap? And all those kinds of fears come up. What we start to recognize is, oh, fears we never even knew we had. Anger we never knew we had. And a lot of things that we couldn't deal with at the time when we had them, we shove it away. We store it somewhere in the nooks and crannies of our mind and we just avoid it longer as the better kind of a thing until some incident, some situation pops up in our face and we can't avoid it anymore. We're so angry. We're so afraid. We're so guilty. We're so hopeless feeling that we go, I can't, I can't continue like this. This, this is no way to live. And then we have to go, okay, I I have to face this. I have to look at this because I can't just stay here stuck forever. Okay. Then, once you are willing to look at it before jumping into, because if we jump into reactions, we're just avoiding it even more. Right? We're dramatizing it. We're avoiding it by dramatizing it or blaming somebody else for it. But if, if we step back, And go, okay, I'm very upset right now, but let me see if I can look at this in a more neutral way. And how would I really like to live my life? This is a point where we not only look at what's going on or what happened, but we have to look at what would we like for our next step? What already happened already happened. How you... Respond to what happened, that's the only thing you can change. Okay, I went right into reaction the moment it happened, but it's been two hours now. Okay, I'm calmed down a little bit more. Is this the way I want to continue? What's the next step that I'd like to create? Ah, we are all creative spiritual beings, which means we're limitlessly creative. We're not bound to either or. Either you'll pay me back or I'll shoot you. You know, we're not, we're not stuck in any kind of an either or. We have limitless options that we can envision. And it starts with imagining. And what can we imagine as a better outcome? Just like what Raphael is saying. What's, an, what's, what's the next step that would lead to benefiting not only ourselves, but everyone else involved? Huh, how can we turn this so called unfortunate accident or unfortunate event into something that's a blessing that actually brings about much more healing on a bigger scale than we ever imagined possible before then? How can we turn this unfortunate situation that's already happened into the next miracle waiting to happen? That's what I've learned from all these experiences over these many years. 67 for Raphael and 66 for me. And (laughs) that's a lot of years to have a lot of so-called mistakes, accidents, you know, unintended, unfortunate events. And I finally came to realize after Raphael explained those astrological charts to me about why the astrologers felt bad for me Uh when they saw my chart was, Oh, you know, these, I am blessed to have many more of these so-called accidents, unfortunate events, unplanned things, unexpected events in my life, small and large. Guess why? Because I have that many more opportunities to learn and grow and heal myself from. And, same with Raphael. She was called, uh, what was it, accident-prone, uh, Calamity Jane.
1: <laughs> As a teenager. <laughs> yeah.
2: And, and so and people criticized her for failing and making lots of mistakes and stuff. Guess what, folks? That just means she's been much more willing to learn from life instead of being stuck on, oh, boo-hoo, I made a mistake, and I'm no good. No, that's not what what these events, these accidents, these events are unfortunate events are about. They're for us as golden opportunities to learn from. And how we learn from every one of our life experiences is to distill the wisdom from that experience by looking at and looking for the truth in that experience. What is the real truth? Is it that this is terrible and horrible and awful. No, those are all judgments. It's not the truth. Is it, I'm so bad? Uh, again, judgments. Invalidation is never, ever true. If you ever experience invalidation, the first thing you have to remind yourself invalidation by its very nature is never and can never be true. So, this is, this is, uh, Uh, A whole thing of any time you go through your life and when you have the little bumps and big bumps along the way. Just remind yourself, get into a little bit of amusement. Be happy with yourself anyway, even if what you consider to be bad things happening. Then you'll have taken the first step toward being able to turn that unfortunate event or accident into the golden opportunity for incredible healing, miracles, and learning.
1: The gold nugget, that's for sure. Well, we're coming right to the end of our show. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you got something special out of this show. You know, I'd like to throw in one more quick comment, and that is, um, you know, Life is like a video game. If a video game wasn't challenging and hard, it would be really boring, right? Uh-huh. And um, if you're having a really hard life, just remind yourself that you signed up for it, and you might as well uh, go ahead first and, and really let yourself wake up to what it's all really about for yourself. And I wish you the best with that. Anyway, be sure to join us again next Wednesday for our show identity, midlife, and other crises, part of our soul growth. Remember, too, we'll be in Calabasas, California, in greater Los Angeles area on Saturday and Sunday, November 30th and December 1st, where Michael will be teaching two powerful all-day seminars on your mediumship, your spiritual path, working with spirit guides, angels, and masters of wisdom. And check our website, michaeltamora.com, for all of our events. Until then... <clears throat> Excuse me. Be inspired. Use your imagination and follow your intuition joyfully. This is Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving. See you next week.
0: We appreciate your joining us today. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura can be heard live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we talk again next week, remember to wake up to who you are. It's your purpose here on Earth.